As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? When he woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the water, Peace be still, quiet down. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm, and he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, like I said, we have Dr. Aldwin with us. Dr. Aldwin has been preaching since he was 16. He's been a pastor since he was 19. And in recent years, he's been involved in ministry to India and Indonesia. And we're thankful to have him with us this morning. So let's give him a hand to welcome him today, shall we? First time I got water. <laughs> yeah. With my name on it too, so that's good. Um, I'm sure everyone had a good Christmas. And uh, I hope everyone gave Pastor a card, a Christmas card. Now, I think he's a good pastor, don't you think so? If you haven't, uh, can you send him an email and say, you know, you're a good pastor. Thank you for being here for us. You know, a lot of churches, there are a lot of fighting and fuss going on. We are very fortunate, don't you think? And so, if you could do me that a favor, uh, I would appreciate it. Um... I also appreciate the music this morning and for Pastor Mark and Pastor, what's your name now? Taryn. Boy, everybody's doing such a good job. That's the, you know, it's not dependent upon one person, but everybody pitch, pitches in and makes it so much easier. And I believe the Lord has great plans for us in the future. And I believe that uh, sooner or later we will be moving out from the, this facility to a bigger facility as the Lord gives growth to the church. Don't you think so? No, everybody, no, they're not sure. I'm not the pastor, so they don't believe me. <laughs> <coughs> But I believe that. I believe it's going to happen soon. I had a good Christmas. I even helped to make cheesecake. <laughs> Without sugar. <laughs> Sweetener. And it was good. I, I love my wife's cheesecake. Well, this morning I'm happy to be here and to speak. But let's look to the Lord in prayer first. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the sense of your presence here. And we ask that you would anoint your servant and make your word a blessing to all of us. 
I pray that you would encourage us in the things of God for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for reading the scripture. I'm speaking from that scripture this morning. I thought some of us would appreciate a word of encouragement uh, over the Christmas season. I thought you probably heard enough sermons on Christmas, and um, a change might be good. After a day of exhausting ministry, Jesus told his disciples, um, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And he had to prepare to go on the other side of the lake to minister. So he got in a boat and uh, he went to bed. (laughs) As he lay sleeping, the disciples began to discuss the day's events of his marvelous teaching of the miracles he performed. It was a beautiful sky. The stars were dancing in the sky. The moon was brilliant. And they were just chatting. If they had coffee, they were drinking drinking coffee. We don't know. This lake is very susceptible to uh, storms. It is 680 feet below sea level. It is 13 miles long and 8 miles wide. And I could see them in a little boat, probably just sufficient for 12 people. Was, Was it a hired boat? I don't know. But here they are in the boat. And all of a sudden, dark clouds appeared in the sky. The moon was not visible anymore. The stars were not visible anymore. And then the wind began to blow. Six inches. One foot. Two feet. Three feet. Twelve feet. And they thought they were going to die now. I could see Peter bailing out water. I could see Thomas bailing out water. I could see everybody bailing out water. Some praying, some singing, some bailing out water. And I could see Peter standing up and saying, In the name of the Lord of hosts, be still. Nothing happened. I could see Thomas saying, in the name of the God of Abraham, be still. Nothing happened. I could see um, one of the other disciples, probably Mark or Matthew, standing up and saying, in the name of the God of the Old Testament, stop. And nothing happened. And they said, we better go and wake up the master. So the Lord Mount Peter went and here is Jesus probably snoring away. (laughs) Master, master, don't you care? We are all going to die. 
And he gets up and he holds on to the, to the boat like this. And he said, peace, be still. Twelve feet of water dropped. And it was, you, you, you hear like tranquility music. The sea was calm. And the dark clouds disappeared. And the stars began to shine again. And the moon in all its brilliance was shining. And they said, what manner of man is this? That even the sea and the wave obey him. Several years ago, I've always lived in the city since coming to Canada. And so we haven't been in a tornado or major hailstorm. But several years ago, we took the children down. I had to be studying at a school in Minneapolis. And so we stayed in the dorm. Now we had a, a suite given to us. And my children were probably five and six or something. Somewhere around there. <clears throat> my mother-in-law was with us. Rubina was with us. And somebody came knocking at the door. There is a tornado and you need to run into that building. The major big buildings. <clears throat> now, I have never been in a, a, a tornado. But I got outside and I remember holding my two girls like this and running for dear life to the major building. Branches were falling. Leaves were blowing. Garbage cans were blowing all around. And after two and a half hours, we came back, and by then, it's rubbish everywhere. Branches everywhere. The next day, Rubina took the kids to a lake nearby to the school. And as I drove, I really saw the devastation of the tornado. Telephone poles were down. Hydro poles were down, and... Electric wires were torn and on the floor all over. Trees were down. It was a terrible sight. Very terrible. I don't know if you have been in a storm. I have. And so this morning I want to talk to you a little bit. About storms, how Jesus calms storms. Some of us are going through difficult times just now. 
But I have a good word for you this morning. The storms of life affect Christians and non-Christians alike. Jesus does not give us a reason in the scripture why it stormed. Was it from God? Was it from the devil? Was it from nature? We don't know. But the storm affected everybody. We also know from verse 35, there was other little boats that traveled. Did some people die? I don't know. But symbolically, storm speaks about the problems of life. Wherever I have traveled, around the world in non-developed countries and in small communities, isolated islands. I often ask the question, this must be a really nice place to live. There's no stress. And they laugh at me. (laughs) Because stress is a big killer. And it affects every one of us wherever we are. Whether we are in school or we are young adult or we are a young married couple, or you are an older person, all of us are affected by stress. In fact, we found that the number one drug that is prescribed for Southern Baptist preachers is a drug for high blood pressure. Very interested. We got that statistic from them. Stress is a terrible killer. We are busy from the time we are born, (laughs) it seems. Uh, Piano lessons, music lessons, and on and on you go. Uh, We are running from one thing to the next thing. And we are saying, boy, (laughs) um, I don't know what, there must be uh, some um, answer to this question. Heart disease is up. And uh, high blood pressure is the number one killer in North America. My colleague from South Africa uh, noticed that in his church, he he was having 35 couples divorce every year. So he decided one year he was going to preach on the family. And he said, only two couples that year divorced. The family, which is the foundation of our culture and uh, society, is falling apart. Christian and non-Christian. I have two girls. One is not married. And uh, when she was in, I think, grade two or grade four, um, we were inquiring. There were 30 students, and we were inquiring how, uh, you know, who have two parents. During her time in school in St. Vital, she was only one of two children that had two parents. Now, she is the only one that has two parents. 
the family is falling apart. Christian and non-Christian. I wish I had time to talk about the family sometime. Divorce is rampant. Unfortunately, it affects the pastors. I have many, many friends who have been pastoring and are divorced and probably not in the ministry. One is, he switched denomination, that's okay. But, uh, you know, it, it's affecting everybody. One of the other things that are happening in our society is, it seems every Tom, Dick and Harry is sick these days. Cancer, which is a very dirty word. And I... If you know my story, I have gone through some terrible illness. That's why I haven't been able to pastor anymore. And um, sickness is devastating. And it comes to steal and kill. But we have hope in Jesus. Um we have a friend that I haven't seen very long who was a pharmacist. <clears throat> and I think he got either one or two of his legs cut off when he worked for CN. And he started to take Valium in his pharmacy. It was not very long that he was addicted. We are fragile people, aren't we? I, 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 I get somewhat concerned when I hear men of God uh, speak as if they are the poor, poor, they can't make mistakes. As I grow older, I realize that I am very, very fragile. I need my children's support and my, uh, my wife's support and the f- friend's support. Um, it's, it's terrible how many people are getting sick around us. Depressed, anxious, irritable. One day there was a big sale. And the sale, the devil had all his uh, instruments for sale. Jealousy, envy, on and on you go. And in the corner, he had a little wedge-like instrument that is pretty worn. And somebody asked, why, why is that so expensive? And uh, he said, I could take this tool and use it on any of God's children. And once I get into them, they don't even know it's me. And I could turn their lives over. And make it miserable. And they said, well, what is the name of that tool? Discouragement. 
I have known valiant men of God. I have known elders with passion that were, that have been involved in the work of God. But somewhere along the line, somebody offended them. Or something offended them. And they have become discouraged. In fact, nobody was able to buy the tool. And so the devil still have it around. And he's using it on every one of us to discourage us. In my time of sorrow, I have gone down to the lowest of the lowest point. Where prayer seemed far and far away from me. And that God was not around. I was discouraged. What's the use? Then people would pray and God will help me to deal with it. It's terrible here in this country. Of plenty. I was telling my grandchildren around the Christmas table. I said, you know, you can't compare, but I have had each chance to travel uh, to some parts of the world. And I said, the meal we are having today, most people in the world will never ever have it. Did you hear what I said? Never in their entire life have cheesecake and have all the turkey and trimmings. But one of the things that puzzles me is the hopelessness that is prevalent in our society. Hopelessness is the belief that tomorrow will not get better. In fact, it will get worse. Whole communities, young people, and people in the, the vibrancy of their youth are hopeless. They have financial problems. Praise God, we live in Manitoba. We don't have ups and we don't have downs. And hopefully, we'll be able to put bread in our tables during this time of uh, of recession. One of the things about the disciples is that the believer is secured during the storms of life. Did you hear what I say? We used to sing a song a long time ago with Jesus in my vessel I can. Nobody know it? Smile at a storm. Help me out. Smile at a storm. (laughs) The older folks, come on, help me out. With Jesus in my vessel, I can 
Smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. Smile at the storm. With Jesus in my vessel, I can smile at the storm. And if Christ is in your boat, if Christ is the head of your home, if Christ is the Lord of your life, you're secured. We have a hope. And this hope is built on Jesus Christ. It's not built on the economy. It's not built on a person. It's built on Jesus Christ. And there's no sinking sand in Jesus Christ because he's the rock. The disciples were secured. How do we know sometimes when everything is gray how can you know you are in the will of god in my case there are two things i know sometimes as i walk through the dark valley i feel a hand holding my hand and I feel secured. I don't know where I'm putting my next foot. But I know it's going to be okay. Because he's in my vessel. And other times I cannot explain to you. As we travel from place to place. And we make hundreds of phone calls over the air. I could hear a small voice of the Spirit saying, Now don't go this way. Go this way. I can't explain it to you. Jesus said also to the, uh, teaches us to, to cry out to Him when it storms. Crying out to Him. He's talking to him. Talking to Jesus is prayer. I have been in Indonesia where the church is persecuted. Church are burnt down. Uh, I've been in India where churches are burned down and people are killed. I asked one young man at a Bible school, the last place I taught, I said, um, uh, what happens if they kill you? Nothing. The same question was asked at the church I attended several years ago with several hundred people. And my hand was the only hand that was raised. You're too afraid. To translate this verse, I would say, Help! <laughs> Help! And one of the ways we pray is to pray in the Spirit. And I got pretty, I got pretty set straight when I was preaching a sermon on this in, in my training in California. 
in um, Romans 8, 26, it says, The Spirit prays through us with groanings. Have you ever seen somebody in a car accident? All kind of noise coming through their mouth. Non, um, non-verbal, so, ha, <laughs> help. That's praying in the Spirit. When you go to pray and you can't say a word because you're so burdened for your loved one or you're so concerned about where you are, all you could do is lay there in silence. That's praying in the Spirit. And God hears those types of prayer. One of the things I have observed, that when the church in... That is persecuted. They begin to fast. Fasting is doing without food for a period of time. Like you, I have several reasons why I should not fast. But in the last few years, Rubina and I have made a concerted effort to seek the Lord at least once a week, where we'd wait before the Lord for a while in fasting and prayer. I cannot tell you what a difference it has made in our relationship and hearing the voice of God. My prayer for you today is that you too would learn to pray when it's stormed, that you too would learn to fast and to know what God is saying. None of you are going to die If you fast, I assure you that (laughs) you're not going to die. In fact, the devil will be mad. Your stomach will grumble. That's all it could do. (laughs) But you're not going to die. And God might be able to get through to you. It's not that he's not speaking. He is speaking. But we are not listening. We can't hear his voice. And the last thing I want to say this morning is the Lord I serve and the God you serve always calm storms. Amen? The God I serve and the God you serve specializes in calming storms. See Jesus as he stood up. Peace. Be still. Twelve feet of water dropped. Boom. It was quiet. Why does not God? Or why does God heal some people? And he doesn't heal some people. Why some of us struggle like Paul with a thorn in our flesh to destroy us. And others seem to be doing so much better. I don't know. I love little babies. We have a one-year-old grand now. We had lots of fun with her over the Christmas season. 
But I remember when my children were small. It was fun. Fun. Lots of fun. Uh, dirty diaper mom takes it. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when the kids were really small and they would be fussing. I'll pick up the little one and hold the little one to my chest. And I says, be quiet. Please, please be quiet. Daddy is here. After five minutes in desperation, I give it to the mom. <laughs> and she holds, every mom holds the baby to the chest and says, Mommy is here now. <laughs> and the baby settles down. Sometimes he might not calm the raging storm outside. Sometimes he might not heal you. But he'll calm your spirit inside. That you know. That you know it's going to be okay. I'm here to remind you that the God I serve specializes in calming storms. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that is fresh and alive and it can transform lives. I pray for those that are going through difficult times in their lives that you would be with them and work in their lives. Amen. We're going to dismiss the service now, but we want anybody that has a problem, or you want some extra prayer, if you would come after the service is dismissed, we'll be here waiting. Some of the elders would come, and we'll pray with you, anoint you with oil, and believe God with you. Okay?